Amen. Can you bring a blessing to somebody on your right, on your left? Just let the person know you are free. You are free. You are free. You are free. Free to rejoice. Free to be great. Free to fulfill destiny. You are free. Hallelujah. Have the seat. Awesome. 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 Praise God. Everybody just get out of there. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you excited to be in church today? Are you sure you're excited? Are you sure? I heard some of you have not missed any of the services. Yeah, Oliver Twist, right? That's how long you can do this. Don't make a vow yet, man. Praise God. You're welcome to church. Welcome to the second service. Amen. And um, praise God. Um, are we together here? Yeah. You know, you know, you know, the earth realm is not accurate. The earth realm is not accurate. We don't know how to calculate here. And that's why many times our calculations is different from God's calculation. For example, um, Peter said that um, a woman who has a gentle and quiet spirit, Peter says that woman is such a beautiful woman and of great price before the Lord, right? Now, is there any beauty pageant for women with meek and quiet spirit? Hmm? So it means that all the people that the world has chosen as beautiful women might not count as beautiful women in heaven, right? Because heaven counts differently, right? Um, the, the, the rich man and, the, and Lazarus, you remember that story? When they got to heaven, who was truly rich? It was the rich man begging for water. And Lazarus had a lot, a drop of water. Lazarus had a lot of water. And so in the earth realm, if they were counting rich people, would they have counted Lazarus? But in heaven, they will count Lazarus, right? So many times, all the time, the calculation of heaven is different. Sometimes, we don't know how our heaven calculates, and we miss God because of that. You know, if, 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 if um, Dangote came into this service, some of you will have an assumption a great person has come, right? You just assume, some of you. Some of you, even though you don't want to agree that it's a great person, it's not because it's not a great person, it's just pure beef. You know, not like, not like your account, you're just beefing. That was wrong about it. You know, but, but truly, somebody great is in the service. Mama Patricia is in the service. Before, before you clap, let me, let, let me say this. Let me say this before you clap. People don't really know. When, when you're serving the Lord, you, you can't quantify what you've done. You can't quantify until we get there. You know, I remember the, last, the first time I met um, um, Pastor Bucci, you know, at his... Um, at his um, at, at Culture Yard. And then whilst we're talking, you see, when I got saved, Pastor Bucci's materials was everything to me. 
everything. That was my access. When I got converted from Islam to Christianity, it was everything. I would, I would put the deck in the highest. My mom would hear the sound, whatever, from almost far from the house, she would hear the sound. I would be listening to, to Pastor Bucci, and I will be weeping and wailing and moving around the old house. I will be running around the old house, and I will be sweating because I'm the only one at home. And the impact... When he sang, something is, um, there's a smell in heaven. And we're looking for who was, who was bringing that smell. I was asking, uh, people were calling different names. And they said it was finally, they found out it was Bucci praising God on earth. That was causing a smell in heaven. That song brought a lot of revolution in my life. And, um, you know, um, Mama Pratisha and um, the Midnight Crew did a lot to the, to the body of Christ. It was not just, it was not just a musical group. It was not that. It was, it was something spiritual. It was a moment in the spirit. It was a moment where gospel music had the kind of spread it almost had never had before then. And they might not know, but it was the hand of God. It was the spirit of God. It was not casual. And because of that, we're all going to stand up and give all the honor to, to this great woman of God. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you. You can have your seat now. Amen. Praise God. Awesome. Awesome. And then she's going to greet us before she leaves. In the name of Jesus. Yes. Sealed in Jesus' name. All right. So, so today, quickly, whilst I was at the studio upstairs, I heard the Lord say, I should tell you again about how to prepare for a new season. Yeah. That's what he asked me to say to you. And, um, and in the few minutes I have, that's what I'll be saying to you. Preparing for a new season. You've heard me talk about it before, but the Lord says, say it again. You know, I can preach, I can preach 10 messages in one day. Amen. But that's not the point. Are we together, friends? Yes. Preparing for a new season. Because there is a shift that many of us are not aware of. You have to be aware of it. There is a shift. There is a glorious shift. There is a glorious shift preparing for a new season. If you because seasons bet seasons. You get my point? Seasons bet seasons. Sometimes you are in a season that is not your ultimate season. It's a preparatory season for the main season. And, and God, God calculates in faithfulness. That's a common um, 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 a common formula that God uses for all his equations. Faithfulness. Faithfulness. And Jesus made a statement. He said, if I, if I come back to the earth, am I going to find faith? Faithfulness is everything. Faithfulness. You have to... What, what's faithfulness? It is appropriating your season accurately. Are you appropriating your season? If you don't appropriate your season, you are not qualified for the next one. 
Yeah. And how do you appropriate a season you don't understand? So understanding your season is key. You must, be, you must be able to clearly tell what season that you are in and what you ought to do. Listen, when you find out your season and you find out what you ought to do, you can now understand what's a distraction and what is not. If you don't understand a season, a distraction will feel like an inspiration. Is it not a cause? When your, when your distraction feels like an inspiration, you are distracted but you feel inspired. And the proof to know that someone is distracted is when he moves from one inspiration to another. You meet him today, he's sure of one thing. You meet him next week, he's sure of another one thing. Last week he was selling soap and today he's sure he should sell sugar. And next one, he has a ministry. And after a while, he's a technocrat. <laughs> Listen, when, when, when you don't understand your season, your distraction will be an inspiration. In fact, other people's season will look like your own. If you don't understand your season, other people's season will look like your own. And so, it's, it's a tool set you must have. It's a tool set that must be common in your life. Because life is not as difficult as you think it is, except you are cut off from the voice of God. Mm. It's not as difficult. It's not as difficult. It's, it's that many of us don't understand your season. And, and prayers don't change season. You can't you can, you can with prayer change the season. Can you, can you with prayer get to university from primary school? Huh? No, you will use prayer to help you appropriate the season. If you don't write common entrance, you won't, you won't go to secondary school. And if you don't write jam, wayek, or, or the other one people do that, campus jam, maybe you just go and do a <laughs> diploma or pre-degree and all of that. But when jammers, you know, are we together, friends? You have to understand. You have to understand your season. A lot, some of us don't understand our seasons. Some of us are refusing our season. Jesus was 12 and he understood his season. He was a season of learning. This is the same Jesus that would spend his life abusing Pharisees and Sadducees. But he didn't start at 12. At 12, he deceived them. He was asking them questions. They were answering him. That's his season. Because if he abused them at that time, they wouldn't teach him anything. Are you together with me? But he was still coming for them. He dealt with them so much. And at the same 12, he was able to respect and commit himself to his mom. He wanted to change. He wanted to act differently. He told her, what do I have to do with you? Then the spirit rebuked him. Are you with me? Not, not necessarily rebuke, but you see, I, t I tell you several times that your life is in your belly. Your old life, your old destiny is in your stomach. If you don't know how to use your stomach, you can't prosper. Your, your spiritual guts, knowing, knowing where you are, what to do and not, not to say. You should be able to feel when God is sorrowful. You should, it's dangerous to do life without an inward signal. You are not a goat. I refuse that kind of life for you. Do you understand? 
You should be able to feel. When you talk too much and you leave, the spirit should be able to tell you you have spoken too much. Are you, does it happen to you? Yes. Sometimes while you are talking, you say, let me just finish this line. Let me put, let me put full stop. <laughs> and then you go, you go, you go, and then when you are done, you just say, God, I'm... <laughs> Now imagine living life, you don't have all those, all those gauges. You can never experience favor. You know, favor is not fluke. It's the fruit of alignment. Yeah. Yeah. Favor is the fruit of alignment. It's not fluke. It's like, God, favor me. If God, favor, if God will favor you, he must be able to lead you. So when he was 12... He was engaging the Pharisees and learning. That's God though. Friends, God asks questions. Do you understand the point? Jesus is God. God had a point in his life where he was asking people questions. God asks questions. You see, you are not God. <laughs> God. God had the point. Tell us, God had a point in his life where he was learning. And you are not God. Nobody can talk to you. You see, you are, you see, you are, you are a crisis. You are not a crisis. God asked questions, you know, and God was asking questions. So it can't be godly that you are not asking questions. It can't be godly that another is not putting, putting you on track. Yeah, another. Can I tell you something? Yes, sir. And the people that will put you on track are people you will be greater than. So if you have an assumption that the only person that can talk to you is someone that is greater than you, you are deceiving yourself. Because sometimes, God brings somebody who you would eventually be greater than. Or even, you see, sometimes you have, sometimes God, God puts somebody in your life that out of 12 things, the person knows only one thing. And you know 11. But that one thing that person know, knows is the key to, to unlocking your destiny. And sometimes you have a spiritual father who doesn't have much rev like you. But the man might just know holiness. Uh, this man is not deep, Jerry. Ah. And anything you say, we just link it to holiness. Link it to holiness. And then you now need somebody who has knowledge and say, if this guy knows a lot. But you know, God does not deal in many, many knowledge. God deals in weight. And knowledge does not always translate to weight. You know, the glory is a weight, it's not a teaching. That's why you say many things and nothing happens. So let me go back to seasons, right? So there are seasons of life. You have to understand your season. And know when it's God that is doing you. Yeah. When I say God is doing you, I'm not talking of sickness. I'm not talking of God cannot use sickness to do you. I'm not talking of poverty. But I'm talking sometimes God puts you in a constrained place and you know it's the spirit. And the spirit says go nowhere. And then he gives you what to do and what not to do. So you have to understand your seasons. You have to understand if your season has changed. And when your season changes, there are few things that show that your season has changed. Sometimes it's anointing you are you have you have a dissatisfaction 
and it feels like a baptism. Like you just anointed, you are just dissatisfied. You are dissatisfied with something that used to bring all the satisfaction. You are just done. You didn't go to a school on how to be done. You just woke up and you just found that that is dead inside. Then you might start to inquire of God. You get my point, right? You might begin to inquire of God. It's a season, it's a shift. Because he won't be able to put new wine in an old wine skin. And when God wants to give you new wine, it changes your wine skin. And then you just get you just get dissatisfied. And it feels like an anointing. Just comes on you. And what used to give you joy stops giving you joy. You need to understand that. And then you need to inquire. Listen. The days of living as it comes are over. They are are completely over. It has become extremely dangerous to just live as it comes. You have to know what you are doing and how long you will do it. And why you are doing it, where you are doing it. And sometimes the answer to these questions do not bother around logic. They just agree with inward witness. And people ask you why. You can't say why. <laughs> but you're on here. And it's the most logical decision to you even though you have no logical explanation. Are we together now? You see, John the Baptist immediately saw Jesus. He began to announce that is the lamb that takes away the sin of the world. He began to announce. And he began to also announce the end of his own ministry. He said, right now that I might decrease so that he will increase. Imagine a man using his mouth to shut down his own ministry. It's his turn. It's his turn. It's not my turn. It's his turn. And the enemy was going to deceive him at a point. And so he had to send, he had to send his disciples and say, are you the Messiah? And Jesus Christ said, okay, what you said is already happening. The deaf is hearing, the blind is seeing, the gospel is being preached to the poor. Go and tell John like that. He said, all right. Are we together now? Somebody is asking, well, how come his head was cut? I don't have an answer. The Bible did not tell us why. You know. Baba, you have to understand your seasons. And stay there. Because harvest, harvest re- responds to faithfulness. Yeah. Harvest does not respond to time. Harvest does not what? Respond to time. You see, it will not be, you see, it, that feeling that things will get better in the future is a rumor. Things are not going to get better automatically that tomorrow. No. Harvest, have you not seen those your uncles that were unserious? When you were small, you saw them 10 years later, they are still in the same place 
And now you see them, you don't want to park. You just want to run away because the man is a nuisance. Because harvest does not respond to time. Harvest responds to faithfulness. Harvest does not respond to time, friend. If anybody told you harvest responds to time, they are whining you. And they don't want you angry for now. They're just deceiving you. They don't worry. It will be better. It will be better. If you don't know what you are doing now, it will not be better. Are you tell, tell somebody, I'm not sure it will be better. Tell somebody right now. Say, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not so sure. Hey. I'm telling you the truth. I can't lie to you. If, if a man does not learn to love his wife, if the wife does not learn to submit, submit to her husband, the marriage will not be better. Time does not make the marriage better. The marriage will, will, will be worse if he has removed one teeth to the, uh, uh, this year. Next year, you might lose three teeth. Do you understand the point now? So we have to understand the season. And when the season shifts, we shift. Because I told you the other time, can I preach? Can I talk to you, friends? Can I? Am I permitted to talk to you? You see, because there is grace in your season. And when your season shifts and you don't shift, you are operating out of grace. And when there is no grace, Satan is powerful. Yeah. You see, when Satan can't touch you, it's because you are in your ordained season. Mm. If the season shifts and you don't shift, you remember the children of Israel. When the cloud moves, anyone who doesn't move with the cloud, the beast in the field will come and take out. So it is dangerous not to understand your season. And when you find your new season, there will be people who want to keep you in your previous season. Yeah. 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 Because some people are enemies of growth. Yeah, they are like that. They are, it's, it's carnality. That's how people are. That's why your secondary school friends, when he sees you now, he still wants to greet you with the weakness you had when you were in secondary school. Now he, see, he saw you with eight children. He says, I say, school is kalala. School is kalala. He still, he, now you have eight children. He still asking, show him a You understand? He still wants to bring a brother of your children. You get my point now. He will still ask you, boy, you load the code, mamas. He still wants to call you by what you were before because the flesh hates growth. Yeah. 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 Even God went through this. He went through it. He said, Is this not the carpenter? Carpenter in the Is this not his brother? I know his brother. I know his father. I know his mother. I know them. Are they not with us? Is he now talking as if he's the Messiah? And Jesus did not spend too much in that, in that place. Because if you stay too much in the people that remind you of your previous season, you will be trapped. So you must connect the people that represent your new season. Am I, am I, shall I preach it another day? You must connect the people that represent your new season. One of the, one of the name of the suicide destiny suicide bombers. One of, one of his name, one of them, his name is Sentiment. Hey, Sentiment. Sentiment. He's a crazy suicide bomber. He will give you, he will destroy you, and you will, you will feel that you deserve 
the destruction. You think you are being destroyed for a worthy cause. Yeah, sentiment. It was, it was that sentiment they wanted to use to take Jesus out of his ministry. They said, your mother is calling you, your father is calling you. He will feel bad. How will I insult my parents? But he stayed in his season and said, who are my brothers? Now, he didn't say that when he was 12. Yeah. If he had maintained his attitude at 12 and maintained it at 30. Because, because you now, you now, they told you everything. They told you to go to art class. They told you to go to science class. They have chosen everything for you now. Now you are an old person now. God leading you another direction. They are still telling you what to do. You will be destroyed. I told, I told one of my leaders when I was, as I was growing, I told them that you see, this life, we're not sure about it. I said, let's assume that my life did not work out. I said, you need to give me the honor of destroying by myself. I said, to pay me if my life is destroyed and it's destroyed based on your instructions. So you have to leave me with, hey, let me, if let me see my life. I say, I will. If you know the sorrow of finding out your life is destroyed and somebody else is destroyed for you. <laughs> you didn't even have the privilege of destroying your life. <laughs> I said, You have to give you the privilege. And the man said, All right, I give you. <laughs> I give you the privilege. But right now, I'm the one giving him counsel and order for his life. Mm, not the order. Because I was hearing something else. That he couldn't hear because his spirit was not regenerated. You get the point? It's difficult for an ungenerated spirit to give order to a, to a regenerated spirit. Are you getting my point now? Let me bring it to a close. It's too early. <laughs> the revelation about the tongue You wait for me to go out and have my study upstairs. I come back. Could you paper with you? Are you with me? I, I preached this recently. I, I don't want to repeat everything. I just want to say what I feel in my spirit to say. So, how do you operate a new season? I told you protracted obedience, obedience with patience. Hmm? Obedience with patience. Don't, don't, just, don't just, listen. Can I tell you something? A, a little bit technical. You see, you see, when you obey, you are not just obeying an instruction. You are obeying a person. So obedience is the proof of loyalty. You need to get it. It's a bit technical. You see, because if you only obey instructions, your obedience might not stand the test of time because you are expecting a particular fruit. So you say, ah, okay, if I can read book, I will pass exam. So when you link just the instruction, you obey the instruction, and when the result does not come, you feel like, ah, then you might want to change your mind. Are you together with me? You see, the faith of Abraham was not just inched on the promise. It was inched on the character of God. 
Praise God. Because he counted God as one who will not lie. Are we together here? I think it's somewhere in Romans. He put his faith on the character of God. So that, you see, because if your obedience is only, you only want to obey instructions, but you don't go deeper and obey because it was God that said it. So not just what he said, but who said it. So your obedience is hinged on loyalty. Is it because sometimes, for example, in marriage now, some men are confused because God told them to marry somebody. And they did the math that if I marry this person, the marriage will be sweet. There won't be quarrel. Then you now find out that the will of God you, you think you are put in the house. He's no more looking like the will. He said, ah, this will, this is the... So you are confused. Are you with me? Did I hear God? Did I really... Because you had an assumption that immediately you marry the will, there will not be a problem. Not knowing that the will God gave you is somebody that would... That, that relationship will help you see your folly. You know, it's like, it's like some, you know, some eczema cream, when you put it, it will go. But some eczema drugs, if you drink it, if you take it, the, the real eczema will not come out because the eczema is in your blood. <laughs> the eczema is actually your blood. Some, you use cream, it will look as if it has gone. But there are some drugs, if you take it, the eczema that is in your blood will not be coming out. I say, wow. So the one on my skin is even the mercy of God. There's more. So, the will of God in marriage does not mean everything will go well. It might mean that this marriage institution God has set up will help you see your foolishness. So you who thought you were very quiet, then God will help you bring out that real you and find that you are not really quiet. You that you thought you know how to love, you now be in a situation where you find out that you are not really See, see, they said every message I preach, I link it to marriage. Well, that's, <laughs> see, the, the, the first, the greatest conference you ever attend is your house. If your greatest, it's true, true, true. I'm telling you the truth. <laughs> the greatest conference of, I want to know you more, Lord, I want to know you, Lord. I want to go deeper. I want to be, I want to be lost in you. I tell you the truth. Hey. Apostle is, uh, uh, is, is your marriage. When you reach there, and you know something about marriage, there's no, there's no front seat. Yeah. So when you go in as a man of God, you understand, you readjust as a Christian brother. <laughs> Yeah, because, because your, your anointing is not necessary. It's not needed. Yeah. It's not needed. It's not needed. It's your, your inward character. That the woman will not really see your character. Then God will not tell her to submit to that nonsense. <laughs> you get the point now? Then you, you will not know you are nonsense. You just read the Bible that says, a wife submit. You will not be saying, you are not submitting to me. Then she's not looking at the thing that. <laughs> yeah. I tell you the truth. I tell you the truth. You don't know because you can't see yourself. 
said, you are not submitting to me. You are not submitting. And then, and then she's looking at the thing like, ah. It is, I will submit. Then the Holy Spirit will tell her, yes. Submit to that thing. And she will now be submitting to you one kind. Then the Holy Spirit will now be asking you yourself. That can you submit to yourself? You yourself, can you submit? Yeah. See, do you know what it means to submit? It's only God that is our submission. So if your wife does not submit to you, give her time. You are not deserving of it. To carry your whole life and submit to it. But hey, do I have see my own? Yeah, I have my own. All of us have our own. <laughs> forget that Glitz is quiet. Too. Forget that Glitz is quiet. I think Glitz is a quiet guy. You don't know him. This one. As it's quiet like this, he might be an he, he might be a wicked person. <laughs> and she's not allowed to tell us. Yeah, the best husband in the whole wide world. I mean, my bed is on Thursday now. My wife will scope me, toast me. If you like, say she's lying, that's your business. Say, I'm the great man, I'm the this, I'm the that, I'm that. Oh, thank God. <laughs> That's what marriage does to you. Puts you in that space. And that's why for you to grow in your marriage, be looking at yourself, don't look at your partner. Yeah. yeah. Because it's a waste of time. You're, 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 you have no capacity to change. Agree. Agree. The girl will not change. You have no capacity to change anybody. Stop stressing yourself. This one cannot change. It's the Lord that can. Uh, you know, we have to discuss it. We have to see, enjoy it like that. That's now. There's no how you eat beans. You won't see stone once in a while. Enjoy it. Hey. How many changes have the How many? This one change. I've been his friend for how many years? This guy. It's been the same thing, the same person. Small change like this, small. It's, I'm telling you, it's only God that changes people. Only God. You see, the heart is the heart is not one of the places where we have authority to walk on. You see, you can walk on plastic, you can walk on metal, but you don't have capacity. That heart is God's office. Yes, sir. Yeah. So just focus on 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 God. And as you focus on God, you will accumulate his glory. Then his glory might change her. Or his glory might change him. It is the release of, it's not complaint that brings change. It's glory that brings change. That's what the Bible told us. It says when we, when we behold his glory, we are changed. When the Bible talked change, it connected change to glory. Second Corinthians chapter 3. It's glory that brings change. It's not complaint. No matter how you say it, it doesn't bring change. It's the glory that brings change. And the glory does not happen to somebody who has not changed. Yeah. yeah. So if your wife has to change, you have to change. Yes. And it's in the presence you change, then you can release an, a glorious atmosphere for change. Clap for me, clap. If it's in America, if it's in America they would have clapped for me. That's why I like preaching in America. They would have, they would have clapped. They would have pressed keyboard. 
Bobo calling Lily, Lily, Lily. I thought as I finished making that statement, I'll just see people clap for me. I say. So you have to inch your obedience, not only on the instruction. Instruction, yes, but on intimacy. It's God that said it. So if it's God that said it, whether the fruit happens today or tomorrow, we don't know when it will happen. Are you with me? But we're going to stay where God says we should what? We should stay. And that's why you go to God's presence on some issues and he gives you the same thing he told you two years ago. That's what he's still saying. You see, your, your anxiety does not change his mind. One of my, one of my friends is having a huge, a huge breakthrough now. The breakthrough, the process of it started many years ago and God already gave the word. Listen, when God has spoken, every other parabolating you are doing, he's, he's coming for only his word. If you like, eat your head on the this. Is that word? So you have to learn to stay in the confine of the last instruction. And hinge it on intimacy. Listen, he's worthy of our obedience. Is he not worthy? He's worthy of it. He's worthy of it. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, some people believed and didn't receive the promise. Are you together with me? And they died that way. It was later we found out that it's so that we can be part of the oaths of the old stuff, so that without us, they will not be made perfect. That's what Hebrews teaches. Glory be to God. So, patience, and I'm, I'm, I'm taking this cue from, from Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2. That's what I'm taking this cue, this teaching from. So, he told them, he said, tarry ye in Jerusalem. Can I have 10 more minutes? Yeah. He says, tarry ye in Jerusalem. That was why after resurrection, that was the last command he gave them. That was after the 40 days of visit. But don't forget that when he first died, they didn't tarry in Jerusalem. All of them went back to doing stuff, right? It was when he came and, and taught them and trained them, he now told them, tarry in Jerusalem. Tarry, you get all of you be together. In Acts chapter 2, the Bible now says they were gathered together with one accord. That was not their behavior before. Before, anytime he comes to meet them, Thomas is not there. Thomas would attack. What did he go and do? Jesus didn't want them to be like that. When he visited them, he wanted all of them to be, to be there. Thomas, they now told Thomas he has resurrected. Thomas said, whoa. <laughs> all right, now. I do feel like second time. I'm not, I'm not part of this. Yeah. 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 Offense is an, is an attack on your faith. Yeah, you have to watch offense. Yeah. You see, just the way you keep answered prayers as a testimonial and as a weapon for warfare, also on answered prayer, Satan uses it to attack your faith. Yeah. You have to deal with it. You have to, you have to delete the evil feeling that the prayers you thought were not answered. What it brings to you. Have you ever wanted to ask God for something and the enemy reminds you of the one you asked him before that they come to pass? And you now keep quiet. Is the enemy attacking you? Are we together, friends? Yes, sir. So in Acts chapter 2, it now says, when the day of Pentecost, what? Had what? Fully come. That's what I was talking about. Um, uh, protracted obedience. The day of Pentecost, how did it come? Fully come. Yeah. Come. Let me show you something. 
Pastor Dara, come. Face yourselves. I even like the way, I like both of you's, um, the difference in stature will help this man. So when God gives you a prophetic word, a prophetic word comes like this. It's a space from not too big to your sea. You know, this looks like fulfillment. This looks like the beginning of prophecy. <laughs> now, this is, how God, this is how God gives you a prophetic word. But you see, because his promises are here and amen, it doesn't come like this. When it's coming, it comes sharp. I'll go give you a word that you thought that before, before you leave the house, before you leave this church, that you, that you, are, you are something else. You know what I'm And the way those prophets used to say it, and thus say the Lord, have I not chosen you? Have I not ordained you for you? Are called, blah, 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 blah. And you shall learn to nations and them. And then you get, and to even buy credit because difficult. Now, the word came sharp, but the word has a process. Pastor yeah. Jacob. The word has a process. The word has a process. And there are two things contained in every prophetic word. Don't miss what I'm about to say. Two things. One is important to you. One is important to God. The first thing contained in a prophetic word is a promise. That's the one important to you. But the second thing contained in a prophetic word is a person. That one is important to God. So he gives you a promise because he wants to make you a person. And when he gives you a prophetic word, you don't look like that person. And that is the reason for this space. The space between when the word was given and when the word is fulfilled is God's time for him to make a person. And so whereas you are thinking about the promise, he's thinking about a person. The promise is for you. The person is for him. Because he's concerned about your transformation. So, and the reason for that promise is so that that promise will now begin to dictate the order of your life. And it is that order of your life that will make the person. Not bring the promise to pass. The promise has come to pass from the one he said it. So, that promise begins to control how you do life. So, he promised Abraham... Isaac. That was the promise. But what he wanted was a person. He wanted us to have a father of faith. So the 25 years was the making of Abraham, not the making of Isaac. And that's why you must inge. Are you, are you blessed? Inge yourself. Focus on intimacy. And don't focus only on promise. The promise is done from day one. Intimacy is what will make you. So it got to a point, Abraham now asked him. After he was training, can I preach? I feel like the anointing has come. After a while, Abraham now asked him. Because Abraham was looking at him all the while. Abraham was just looking at him. Okay. Okay. But things were happening in Abraham's life. Things were happening. It was becoming very great. Abraham had become a nation by the power of God. Amen. Does that happen to you? Where other things work except for that one thing that you want to work. <laughs> other things. And it's by the power of God. Other things are working. Your career, boom, 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 everything. But there's one thing. And that's the one thing all the prophets have been prophesying about. And that's the one thing that has not happened. 
Because he wants to make a person. Because when he makes a person, he has a gift for the world. Your promise is for you, but your nature is for the world. Yeah. So Abraham asked him. Abraham was 99 years old. Then the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. What did Abraham say to him? Abraham said, give me the power Abraham said that. Okay, is this how you are going to look at me? Why I become childless? So, this is how you'll be looking at me as I become what? Childless. Let me, let me, let me round it off here. You guys go and sit down. Let me round it off here. See, Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said, is that, it is the scripture I said you should give to me. Expect yourself. He says, are you, are you going to keep watching me while I go what? While I go childless? Is it this guy, um, uh, what's his name? No, no. Eliezer. Abi, what's his name? Eliezer. That will inherit all these things. Somebody say, walk thou before me. Walk thou before me. And be what? Perfect. This is my last thought. I just shot it here. Walk thou before me and what? And be blameless. Lord, what will you give me seeing I go childless? And the elf of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. Verse 1. Let's start from verse 1. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abraham and said, Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield. And you're exceedingly great the word. You get the point now. Yes. Intimacy. Yes, the promise is inched on intimacy. Yes, now this was after Abraham had conquered the world. Yes. And after he had had an encounter with the king of um, uh, with, with Sodom and, and Melchizedek. I went together friends. And it says the Lord told him what with, uh, Abraham said Lord what, what, what will you give me seeing I, seeing I go child and the heir of my house is Lazarus of Damascus. Then Abraham said, look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. And he brought him outside and said, look now towards heaven and count the stars and all of that. Then when we got to chapter 17, he now told him, walk thou before me and be blameless. And that's a very powerful word. And it's connected to what I've been preaching about your season. You see, there is, there is, are you listening to me? There is a course that God has set for every one of us. You have your own course. Follow your course. If you follow your course, God says, I will count it as perfection. He says, walk thou before me and be blameless. So, if I'm not, if, if, I, if, I, if, I, if I'm intimidated by your life and I want to copy your course, I won't be perfect. If I check what's happening in your life, it's those that compare themselves to themselves are fools. If I check what is happening in your life and return and readjust my life, I won't be perfect. God says, I have an easy way of getting you into perfection. Just find out what, I, what, what I'm saying to you and, and shut your eyes from what is happening in other places. Walk down before me. Yes, hey, friends, there are many things to walk before. You can walk before the successes of others. You can walk before what your parents want for you. You can walk before many things, but the only one that will assure your 
perfection. You see, because perfection is not something you can, you are only perfect if God says you are perfect. It's not something you can grow into. You not enter a realm called perfect. God says, if you walk before me, I'm going to count it as perfect for you. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to find out what's my season. What's God told me to do? Praise God. What's God told me to do? What God told me to do, I'm going to put 100% into it. And God says, this guy is perfect. Now, not that you don't even see the imperfections in you, but you see you are covered when you are in the wheel. Covered when you are in the wheel. Friends, are you listening to me? Listen, you are not just covered in the present. You are assured of a harvest when you are in the wheel. You are assured of an harvest. You see, because at that point, at that level of life, it gets to a point where your harvest is no more your business again. Your harvest becomes God's business because God has to prove a point. Am I preaching here? God is now the one proving the point. Said, we are going to compare the people who stayed with me and those who didn't stay. Am I preaching here? That'll be for me. You get my point now. You find it. You find your course. What has God told you? What is that circle God has drawn for you? Don't leave it. And stay there. Let every other person do what they want to do. Do what God has called you to do. Then you will see yourself moving from glory to glory. That's a life God supervises. Imagine you are leading a life that God is supervising. Are you together with me, friends? I wish to call you blessed. Am I correct? I said you are blessed. You are called. And you are chosen. Amen. And this morning we are going to take the bread. We are going to take the communion. The message says we have to take the communion. So we are going to take it. The one that said we will take the communion. Listen, listen. And let, me, and let, me, let me sit down first, guys. Let me tell you why we are taking the communion today. Let me remind you. We are taking the communion for about three reasons. The first reason is that we know that our life started from him. That he's our source. You get the point? He's our source. This body, this is body, is where life started from. Are we together here? And so, and so you have an idea that you are not disadvantaged. Are you together, friends? Yes. Not disadvantaged. The second thing is that you understand that this body is the ultimate sacrifice that was paid, right? His death gave us life. And this is the teaching of death to self. So when you take this, you are saying, Father, I'm not going to live, to my, I'm not going to live for myself again because it's foolishness. Because if you, are, if you hadn't come, I wouldn't, even, I wouldn't even be alive. And so for the fact that you gave me life, then I owe you that life. Are you together with me? So your life is a debt, right? You owe God. Who owes God here? And what do you owe him? I owe him my life. That's the second thing. The third thing you are going to believe God for is that you are going to receive energy for every area of life. Your body, you receive energy. If there is a sickness in your body, it crashes. If there is a crisis in your mind, an emotional pain, it dies. Are you with me? Yes, your spirit comes alive. Yes, you know, today I had an experience that just woke me up again. Just, I had an experience early this morning, exactly 5 a.m. The experience just changed my life again. I just had this encounter that just gave me another impetus. It's life. He's the giver of life. He's a quickening spirit. You are stepping into another dimension of life. Divine awareness. Are you together with me? Divine awareness. You come into an awareness of whose you are. 
You come into an awareness of his purpose and his calling over your life. Are we together now? These are the three things. Are you ready for this? Are you going to partake of this table? Do you love this table? I said, do you love this table? You know, Paul says we should not take this table unworthily. And I agree to those who say we shouldn't take it because of sin issues. I think they they are correct. But that's not all of it. That's not actually what it is. But even that one they say is correct. Paul was saying that you must take it loving the body, understanding the body. Because this is not how communion was served. This is not, this is a bridge version. Yeah, and you should look for how to stop this. Yeah, this is not communion. It's accepted, but it's not the communion. It's actually real food and wine. Yeah, that's how it was served. That's how Jesus served it. That's how the apostles served it. In fact, those days people came to church for, to eat communion. Yes, and they would have eaten belefu, it's dinner. Yeah, we've done it once or twice. It's food, it's dinner. People will not come, people who come late for service will not see, will not see food. Yeah, that was what he was saying. That you understand how treacherous that was. Paul had to tell them that's why people are dying in here. Because they didn't have value for the body, for everybody. It's the, it's, so people came and they won't have communion to eat. So double jeopardy. They won't have spiritual strength and even night food. No night food. You get the point. So you should be demanding that communion should be real meal. Yeah. Yeah. It has to be a real meal. You, listen, listen. If we are not eating together, we are not a family. Have you ever seen a family without food? It's not a family. A family without food. You see, one of the edicts of a home and mothers is what are we going to eat this morning? And sometimes husband and wife can be very responsible. The wife will ask the husband, what am I going to eat? I say, I don't know. Nothing. The wife will say, I don't know nothing, but we must eat. The wife will now be cracking their brain. Crack, crack. The husband too will say, I don't know. Then when you're not serving something, I say, eh, eh. Go see shun. <laughs> yeah. I know what I'm talking about, friend. Are you listening to me, friend? And even though we've started having two or three services... If we lose the spirit of community, we are lying. A church is mega when hearts are together. Yeah, it's not the numbers that make it mega. It's the unity that makes it mega in the eyes of God. Yeah, yeah. Any, any ununited church is not the church of, no, no, let me speak it this way. Any church that is not united is not how God intends it to be. It ought to be united. Our hearts have to be together. And that's why we have to eat together. Yeah, we have to eat. You have to eat. You have to eat together. You have to invite your friends to come and eat. You have to. I tell you the truth. It's part of you have to. All of you here, you have to invite people to your house to come and eat. And everybody eat on the dining or eat on the floor. If you're not doing that, you're not a serious person in this household. Nobody has. You have never invited someone to come and eat. You are are not okay. You are are not okay. That's why you have malaria every time. Cholera. You have to. You have to invite somebody. Especially the ones who look like nobody will invite them. Yeah. You have, to, you have to invite people. The ones who look like nobody will invite them. You have to invite them. And we have to, we have to truly be family. And we're far from there. 
We have to walk towards it. The Bible says they were with one accord. The Holy Ghost that came in Acts chapter 2, I tell you severally, we have an assumption it was prayer that brought him. It was not prayer that brought the Holy Ghost. Because you can't pray fervently without the Holy Ghost. So they weren't praying fervently. It was after the Holy Ghost came. What brought the Holy Ghost was the unity. They dwelt together with one accord. The glory and the presence of God will be made manifest if our hearts are joined together. Now, you can lead a powerful service with an anointed man of God. But if you want the glory to be in the house, where you enter and your sickness cannot join you. Oh my God. You don't get the point. You enter your cancer. It must happen. Your cancer, your cancer will not pass through the door. Where the world would, the world will bring people to services. The world, our churches will be hospitals. And not because there's a great man of God. It's just that there is presence. Ah. But we, we have to be, we have to love ourselves. We have to love ourselves. That's why we will never, we will never speak ill of ourselves. Oh, Father, we thank you. I love it. I love this thing. See, see this man now is my brother. Do you understand that? This guy is my brother. This guy is my brother more than my biological brother. It's this blood that did it. This, this bad person. It's the blood. I'm telling you, I'm closer to this guy than I'm, I'm closer to this guy than a lot of my biological parents. When I heard that he's running away from this country, I almost started crying. This one had never seen me that way before. I almost started crying. And I told her, I said, I've never done life without this guy before. The guy wants to, he wants to leave cleaner pasture. <laughs> you have to be careful. Those that say they are with you, they are following you. Men, don't trust men. This guy wants to leave me, this guy. He and his wife. I got out. Listen, I'm not, I'm not aware that Pastor Obi is an evil man. I'm not aware. I don't know the meaning. It's on TV. I used to see Igbo. <laughs> I don't know the meaning of Igbo. I don't know the meaning. I don't know that. If whenever they say where is Idara from, I'll say, Umambo, Unkere Montua. That's the only way I can tell where. I said those people that say, Umambo, Unkere Montua. This thing has done it for us. This, oh my God. Can we give God praise? Come on! We have life! We have life! We have righteousness! We have peace! We have joy! It's in the Holy Ghost! Come on! Are you ready to, to have fellowship with this? All right, now you can go and share it. Come on. Stand up and let's just give him praise. 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 Eli, you are my God. Eli, you are my God.
gushing of waters. Here, restore, restore, restore. I hear restore. Your operation, your connection with God. Some of you are experiencing a restoration by the glory of God. Restore, restore, restore. Even your bodies, let them experience restoration. I rebuke every sickness. I rebuke it. I rebuke it. Every sickness in your body expires today. Every pain in your heart comes off. Amen. Father, we give you the praise. Can you just give him praise? Because release utterance. Release utterance. You can be in tongues. Release utterance. You have two minutes to do that. Release utterance.
Are you blessed? Yes. Are you revived this morning? Yes. 